Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. If you're in Dublin and if you're outside the Department of Health, you'll notice that there's crowds of people there today. There's staff from nursing homes all over Ireland and they've gathered in protest about the pandemic payment. And you might ask, what's that again? This is the money. This is the bonus that we said uh, a number of months back that people who worked extremely hard in really difficult conditions at a very troubling time um we were going to give them a bonus, a thousand euro in actual fact, for working on the front line throughout the pandemic. But it turns out many, many people still have not got this one thousand euro bonus. And Julie is with us on the line today because Julie is the household manager of a nursing facility in Drogheda. Julie, just you might just outline actually, I suppose, what your job entails and what your job was during the pandemic. Oh, hi, doing, Andre. Excuse now if, if there's any noise here, but I'm tucked here in the corner just after leaving the Department of Health there. Um, yes, I, well, myself and my team were involved in everything non-medical, which would be the cleaning, the catering, maintenance, ordering, um, you know, trying to keep up stocks of PPE um, at that time and, and, and up to now. So your job was an you'd an extremely important position, Julie, at a time. Yes. It was during the pandemic. Yes, I, I mean you're talking infection control, and um, you know your the cleaning regime at the time that was very important. Mm. And you're talking about from you know the minute the minute you press the keypad on the front door, right up through the building, into, into the rooms, every nook and cranny, out to the back door. Everything, you know, had to be spotless. Bring us back to March or the end of February um, two years ago, Julie, when I suppose the, the first of the restrictions really started to kick in, particularly in the likes of your, your, you know, your, your own place of work in a nursing facility and, and other healthcare um, areas. Like, what, what was it like working through the pandemic for you? Terrifying, it, you know, the fear of the unknown, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen, plus the fear of death. Were we going to be the first nursing home with somebody, you know, to die from COVID? Um, just, and we understand every other nursing home in Ireland, how they felt. And that's why we're united in this, you know. We were the ones that had no PPE. We were trying to source PPE while the delivery trucks were de- were delivering PPE to the hospital, you know. And it was just, we were looking then for the homemade masks and then they had to be washed. We were down to the basics mm. at that time, you know. And it was just a nightmare. And very tough, Julie, I imagine, personally as well, every day that you, you know, you walk out that front door and you go home and, you know, when you're thinking then about going back into work the next day and... that That's it, exactly. I mean, you're going home, you're driving home and, you know, not only me, because I, I, and I, again, I was responsible for infection control at the time, but, you know, all of the staff going home, driving home or whatever, psyching themselves up for, you know, a few minutes, 15 minutes before they go in that door and go into their families and try not to affect them, you know, with your worries as such, especially those with small children at the time. Mm. They sacrifice so much. 
Eileen is with us as well, Julie, on the line. Eileen, I know you two are at the uh, the protest there today, but tell us, what did you have to go through during the pandemic? Well, we, we constantly carried the fear and the stress with us. Um, like Julie said, you didn't want to be the person to bring it into the nursing home. You didn't want to be the person that brought it into your own home. So we, um, our work involves looking after vulnerable people from the uh, perspective of age and they are physically not as well as you or I standing here on the corner outside the Department of Health. But we really wanted to protect the people that we were looking after. So we sacrificed ourselves, our own social life, our own family life, we isolated. We did everything we could do to protect our residents from what at the time, way back, was very unknown. We didn't know what was mm. going to happen. You're a nursing assistant, is that right, Eileen? I'm a healthcare assistant. Healthcare so, assistant, um, yeah. I, I assist the residents in their health and their social care needs. So for people who aren't independent at various levels, um, we assist them for things that you and I take for granted. And you're in a care home, is that right? Yeah, so it's a private nursing home, 49 beds, and um, really looking after people for long-term care and until the end of life. So I imagine, Eileen, at the height of this, you know, 18 months ago or two years ago, you had an extremely difficult job in in probably telling families um, that they couldn't come in and see loved ones and then being there for people that were in your care that were medically going through a really difficult time. And can you put into words the the toll that 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 takes on you even as a professional? Well, it's, it's not us because we got to go home, but the residents, their only contact when no visitors were allowed was the staff. So we were their social support, we were their emotional support, we were their physical support. And um, for, for months, they saw nobody but us, and they only saw us through masks. So um, it, it was a horrible experience for them to go mm. through and to survive. So you hear the news in the aftermath as things start to ease a little bit and restrictions are are, are relaxed um, that, you know what, we really appreciate the work the frontline workers have been doing and so much so, like, we really want to reward people and acknowledge the effort um, of, and, and the goodwill and the time that people gave through a very difficult period over two years. Um, we want to, as a, a nice gesture, give people this €1,000 pandemic bonus. So, Julie, I take it then you haven't got, you haven't received your bonus yet? No, and it would be classed as a recognition um, payment as such to recognise the work that we did. And, you know, we were told at the time, Stephen Donnelly came out on RTE Radio 6 o'clock news and, you know, um, promised this payment for all of those heroes that wore capes. And we wore those capes very well at that time and we're still wearing them today. So we're just asking, you know, Stephen Donnelly, where are you now? You know, come out again and just, you know, it's just, it's the, we're not angry, we're sad. We feel let down. I'm a manager in, in a nursing home and I feel... I feel sad for our staff that have worked so hard and, you know, their families as well. Like, you know, get the payment out to them. Mm. You know, come on. 
Eileen, is the, is the goodwill gone out of this? Like the fact that you've had to, you know, the, the fact you're up outside the Department of Health today and you're handing in letters, it's a thousand letters, isn't it, to, to the Department of Health to acknowledge the uh, the 1,000 euro that was promised. Is the goodwill gone out of it that you're, you're effectively left now begging for it? Well, as time has gone on, the value of the announcement, which was very welcome at the time, yeah. that's really nice. Thanks very much. It's something that, you know, is saying yes to us individually for all of us, for all of the effort that we put in. But as time has gone on, the value of that thousand euro economically is getting less day by day as the cost of living goes up. But we feel really disrespected that we're at the bottom of the pile that the uh, public sector have all been looked after. And here we are, there's only 40,000 people. Sure, you know, they haven't got a jet. So we're speaking out today, united from across the country with the nursing home of Ireland mm. to say, please honour the recognition that you said you'd give us. I, I asked people today, Eileen and Julie, to get in touch with us, you know, to let us know if maybe they're not at the, the event or the protest that's taken place this afternoon, but they too are waiting for their pandemic. And look, there's huge numbers now of messages coming in here. Uh, the number is 1800 453 106 if you want to join us. Jim is on the line. Jim, you were working in a, or you're working in a nursing home in Cork. Like, do you feel forgotten about that you're still waiting for this bonus? Uh, yeah, we do. do feel a bit forgotten about I mean, the fact that we're even uh, having to come up from Cork today to uh, to come outside the Department of Health to make this representation, you know, on behalf of all the others. I mean, it's we we feel like we shouldn't be doing it really at all. That it's completely unnecessary. I mean, last January, the Leah Valdkar promised. Um, I can even quote: the frontline healthcare workers will also receive a special one-off tax-free payment of a thousand euros in recognition. It's a recognition payment to, to work in their dangerous and challenging conditions during the pandemic and for thousands of lives saved as a result of their efforts. I mean, that was their noble words and they were said by the teacher, by Leo Bradcar. Mm. And we're still, it's now, now October, it's only a couple of months from Christmas. Um, and we're still waiting for it. Like, So we feel, I mean, we, we do feel a bit sad about it. And we do feel a bit, we actually do feel a bit angry about it. You know that that we, we why should we be going to these lengths to get uh, what was duly promised? Well, when you think about the the statement that we heard, you know, day in day out, this time last year, we're all in it together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it seems like they're trying to create. I mean, the coronavirus doesn't know the difference between a public care facility and a private care facility. The, you know, we were doing the exact same job as everybody else. We were caring for the vulnerable and the sick. And here we are, you know, in October uh, 2022, and we still haven't received it. Like, it's, it's, it's terrible that we have to go to these lengths and they have to come up and make representations to the department. A promise is a promise, and we're still waiting for it to be fulfilled. So... Do, 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 do some of the messages we'll say coming in here now right from listeners because I've asked other people to get in touch today this text says my wife worked throughout the pandemic as an agency worker promised the €1,000 payment when I asked the HSE how to apply for it they didn't know 
There's also agency staff that are due the payment as well. Uh, this listener says, my, wor- my wife also worked throughout all of COVID, uh, COVID during the outbreaks as a member of catering staff in the HSC in a nursing care facility. She, she was and still is an agency worker, worked for €11.50 per hour without ever missing a day, while many of her colleagues working directly for the HSC on double her hourly rate didn't go to work. Those workers have long since received that bonus, but she wasn't. Um, and has now been told by her manager it's unlikely to happen. On the €11.50 per hour, the €1,000 bonus is massive. Uh, f- very disappointed, according to this texter. Like, is there is there a feeling, Julie, of just not being honoured, not being appreciated? Absolutely, Andrea. Listen, we're, we're in, and, and I feel for those agency workers as well. Absolutely, you know, the Trojans, Absolutely. And I mean, we're caring for the elderly of this country and the elderly that have roots here, you know, their children of people that, you know, like fought for this country. These are people that felt so isolated during COVID. And we were the ones that were there. We were their family, as Eileen says. We hugged them. We, we couldn't obey that two-metre rule at the time. We didn't have any glass partitions, you know, to protect us. We were the ones, we protected our elderly, we protected our history, our roots of this country, to keep them alive. They're in the nursing homes to live, they're in the nursing homes to flourish. And that's what we did during that time. We helped them flourish, and they did. Eileen, we're talking to you today because, as I mentioned, um, the protest that's taken place outside the Department of Health. But I assume, or m- maybe it's not, was that to coincide with the fact that, like, let us ju- let us just remember that in the past few hours this morning, it was announced, you know, the government signed off on the payment dates for the budgets, um, for the budget for the cost of living package. So, like, we now know as of today, we'll say, for instance, that parents are going to get the winter double child benefit payment in the week of November 1st. So dates were set aside this morning. A timeline was outlined for the uh, the budget cost of living package. Is that why you're at the Department of Health today to kind of say, well, hang on, we were promised this a long time ago? Yes, and we've been protesting a long time. So our local uh, press, uh, some more than others, um, from the ground up was trying to highlight our situation and it just hasn't happened. So we just um, wanted to get together in numbers to speak with one voice and um, we would have preferred, Jim said, not to be here at all. We, you know, if we'd have got this months ago, you wouldn't be here from mm. us. But it, as time goes on, the value of it, we just feel disrespected, we feel let down and um, we, we feel ignored. Do you feel like you were listened to today, Jim? I think that we were listened to, and I'd like to, you know, the time for nearly words are over. We just want to get them, the government to get along with and to make the payment. I mean, it's, I, I certainly hope we've been listened to. I mean, the Taoiseach and the uh, Tansha have said that they're, they're, that's, that's, that's what they're there for, to listen to the public and to listen to the frontline workers and to listen to people that have got a genuine grievance. So I, I certainly, I sincerely hope we have been listened to. This texter says, we work in Section 39 disability sector. We still too haven't received the payment and not even sure that we're going to get it. But my sister and sister-in-law who work in administration in our local hospital and who never had to wear a PPE 
at any point during the COVID pandemic, they've received their €1,000. Yes, I'm annoyed, says this listener. I never had the option of working from home and my colleagues have already been recognised. Another listener says, I'm a paramedic with Dublin Fire Brigade. We operate the ambulance service in the city of Dublin and surrounding county. When COVID arrived and the world is in fear after watching what was happening in places like Italy, paramedics were the people that were literally the most front line in relation to putting themselves in danger. They were the ones that regularly were entering houses in which sometimes all occupants were COVID positive. And as yet you might have guessed, we haven't received the payments. The members of the Dublin Fire Brigade and family members and friends who work on the administrative roles in the HSC, they have received and did receive their payments months ago. I think it's an absolute farce by the powers that be, according to this texter. 53106, keep those messages coming into us. Julie, just finally, what happens now? What happens now? Well, we go back to wearing our capes and um, we'll continue on and just wait and see. We're just saying, you know, um, whoever's responsible for this payment, I believe they have a third party tendered to roll out this payment. Um, Just honour your promise and, um, you know, get the show on the road. Okay. Lots more people getting in touch with us actually about this issue. 1800 453 106. We will be back in just a few moments. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about the staff from nursing homes around Ireland who've been protesting outside the Department of Health today and it's in protest about the pandemic payment. The €1,000 they were promised at the start of the year and so many of them, it appears, are still waiting on that payment. Niall is on the line in Dublin. Niall, I believe you are still waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting, Andrea. Actually, I just was listening before the break there. A colleague of mine obviously texted in. I'd say a few of our colleagues texted in about this because it's, it's quite a hot topic within the Dublin Fire and Ambulance Rescue Service. Um, we still haven't got our pandemic payments um, at all, uh, not even a, a mention of us. And uh, yeah, it was only out in the national press there two weeks ago uh, on in one of the Sunday newspapers brought, kind of highlighted the issue. But uh, yeah, none of us have got um, any even, even indication of when we, we could get it or we'll be getting it. And uh, yeah, we just we just found that really bizarre, considering most people we knew within a similar front line, you know, ambulance and or rescue service had gotten it. So yeah, Dublin Fire Brigade still haven't got it yet, would you believe? What, what has sort of struck me today, Niall, because I have to say there's been a huge reaction to this on um, the text line from people, you know, because I, I, I asked at the start of the programme today, are you still waiting to receive your bonus? And so there's huge numbers of people are texting in to say we're waiting and they're talking about the different industries that they are in. One of the things, though, that has, that has struck me is the number of people who will say, like yourself in the fire service, um, other paramedics that are still waiting and and as I read out one message a few moments ago from somebody who talked about the fact that you know you were you were really on the front line you were there you were often the first people to go into houses where maybe everybody within the residence was COVID positive and then you read other messages from people who talk about workers in admin roles and maybe who Absolutely. never wore PPE and, and there seems to Absolutely. be a real divide now I've noticed there in the text line today about that. Yeah, I mean, for us, and just to put your listeners wide in regard to the Dublin Fire and Ambulance Service, because within people within Dublin don't even realise this sometimes, but Dublin Fire and Ambulance Service um, are exactly that, where Dublin Fire Brigade provide an emergency ambulance service for the city and county of Dublin alongside the National Ambulance Service. So if you ring 999 for an emergency ambulance within Dublin, you will more than likely get a Dublin Fire 
ambulance or you may get a NAS ambulance, but you will get probably one of the Dublin Fire Brigade ambulances. If there's a delay in that ambulance, which unfortunately has become more and more common now, just as the health services under such strain, or the call is serious enough, you will also get a Dublin Fire Brigade fire truck. Every single Dublin Fire Brigade um, firefighter is trained as a paramedic or in some of our cases, advanced paramedics. So we were turning up even on fire trucks to medical cases to COVID cases. So our whole service was frontline when it came to COVID, that we were going into people's homes, even at fire calls. I remember a particular call back at the height of the pandemic where a fire crew went into a fire alarm activation only to find every single person in the room who hadn't evacuated said, oh yeah, we've all COVID by the way, no heads up, no warning about that. So we were walking into, you know, danger zones, hot zones all the time, alongside mm. all of our other colleagues within the frontline emergency services when it came to ambulance and rescue. And um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it, it was a mad time, but we were certainly, you know, I remember talking about even with my parents, we were certainly right on the very front line of the first people in before we took people to hospital to be treated. And a lot of the time, the ambulance service, including ourselves and the National Ambulance Service, were actually triaging these patients with an algorithm to see, did they in fact need to go to hospital so sometimes we were a gatekeeper at the height of the pandemic to see where people are sick enough to actually go to hospital do you know what I mean with with COVID symptoms sometimes they were actually okay to stay at home and treat themselves but we had to do that assessment before they even went near a hospital I know. and um, yeah it's, it's, it's mad to think that this sort of ambiguity as to whether we were frontline enough or something. You know, I know. And the, the, so, the thing uh, that yeah. struck me today is, you know, it's it's a lot of the healthcare workers from uh, the nursing home and kind of residential care settings that are that are holding this protest at the Department um, yeah. of Health this afternoon. And like, you know, I, I, I don't want to be sensational about it, but like it, it nearly feels like people are, you're kind of left nearly begging for what was a great, a really nice, genuine gesture 100% and, and actually to be fair and you know only speaking for myself on this I know a lot of people would echo the sentiments certainly my colleagues and I think broadly speaking a lot of us who do this work would echo the sentiments like I joined the Dublin Fire Brigade or I joined the fire service as a, as a firefighter paramedic to help other people I knew from the day I joined that I could be asked to do something above and beyond um, extreme stuff that would you know be once in a career stuff whatever that would demand more of me than you know I ever would have dreamt a terrorist attack, something mad like that, something like God loving the people from crazy, something like that where you mm. have to get stuck in, you can't say no, you can't stop, you can't turn away. A pandemic is obviously an extreme version of that. None of us for a second would be looking for a medal, a clap on the back, even the round of applause saying we just do our job. We're there to do a job that we know sometimes is going to demand everything of us and that's we knew what we signed up for. None of us were looking for extra money. I think what most of us are looking for is just fairness. <laughs> you know, I think when you're hearing the people who are getting a handout from the government as a thanks, which is lovely, you go, well, mm-hmm. hang on a minute. Like, I was kind of well in the thick of this. And everyone's going, oh, yeah, we get, well, we mightn't get to you. We'll see. <laughs> you know what I mean? I so none of us are got it. I remember when it came out first thinking, well, I'm not really looking for that. But, but suddenly it was this, well, it's not massively fair if, you know, X, Y and Z are getting it. But the actual people who went in and actually put their lives in, one of your callers said it earlier, we were to say, I remember talking to, to friends of mine at the height of the pandemic and we all genuinely thought Jesus like, we stand a good chance of dying here that's, do you know what I mean we mm. really did and that wasn't sensationalism that was just the, the height of the time we thought this is so high risk you know you know, we maybe feel a little less like that now but at the time we really thought we are putting our lives in the line every day we go into work and again we knew that we signed up for that grant but you know to hear you know, other people getting it who are, like you say, and all due credit, I'm sure they were doing their best. Absolutely. We'll oh, take yeah, that away. And, from, and I'm not, you know. yeah, I know. And, and the thing is, you know, as you make the point, Nyla, you didn't look for the payment. Um, and look, to be, to, to be honest with you, they would have been nearly better off not announcing 
any reward or any gesture if there was if it was going to turn into this thing about there being such long and lengthy yeah. delays and I know even yeah. last month and during the summer it was mentioned as well and there's a third party brought in to help with it and but like the fact that we've people today out protesting over it it just I think you can you can get the sense from the text like the whole goodwill is gone out of it Gemma's on the line as well um Gemma are you wait, waiting for your payment um, hi, Andrea. How, How are, are you? No, Good. I'm actually not waiting for a payment because I and many other interns who started last year um, in the July turnover, as every year there is a turnover of staff, uh, we were excluded from it because they only included it up until the 30th of June 2021. So uh, my and all my other colleagues uh, who worked last year all over Christmas through the Omicron Byron, uh, or variant and um, through those thousands of cases, daily cases, all last year, uh, we didn't even get included in the numbers. So uh, just an extra little tidbit to add there. Yeah. You're disappointed about it, Gemma, because like, t- tell us the kind like outline the kind of work that you were doing. Well, so as an intern in the hospital, even though you're one of the most junior uh, doctors working in the hospital, you tend to just be doing kind of groundwork. So um, we would be dealing... So many of the wards would be COVID wards um, and we would be going into those wards, getting called sick patients, having to gown up uh, for every single patient going in. Um, and they might just be our daily tasks going in from 7 a.m. in the morning until 6 p.m. Our on-call tasks then would continue into the evening and night shift where you're whittled down to only six interns on at night covering the whole hospital and you can be getting called to high dependency units or cardiac arrests and you're the most senior person who's getting called to all of this and numerous people um, had COVID, were very sick with it and it would be us who would be the ones making decisions and trying to do our best in this case. So just to know that they had a cut off on the 30th of June 21 we all started on the 10th of July, 2021. So we um, have just completed our year uh, as interns and I'm continuing to work as an SHO. And I love my job. It's great. Um, Every single person I work with individually is fantastic. Mm. So just to know that... um, So you missed out by 10 days, Gemma, Gemma, basically. Yeah, and I think even when we had our induction week, we were maybe in on the 4th or 5th of of July, so missed out by uh, uh, probably less than a handful of days. But it just felt kind of intentional that uh, if if the handout was done at any other time or they included a, a longer period, then they would have to include, I think there's, a thousand extra, maybe just short of that, uh, interns each year. So that would add an additional mm. amount yeah, to their, would have, would have, their handout. Would, yeah. would have added up the money. Uh, this texter says, can you please mention all of the essential workers in the consumer goods sector, from the truck drivers, sales reps, merchandisers and all the staff in the supermarkets that kept the country going? We as a group get absolutely nothing for working right through the pandemic. This listener says, what about the people working in transport, like the train personnel and the bus drivers and all of those working in the shops? We get nothing. We won't even get a penny. Uh, you see, we're going back now to who should get the pay but I suppose we're talking today about the people that were told they were going to get it. I think they were told actually in January 
and they're still waiting. Um, I work for Tusla and I'm based in a child residential centre. We'd no option to work from home. We worked right throughout COVID. The children in the centre had COVID and I'm so upset to hear that people that worked in admin have all received the payment yet many of us working in the residential got no recognition at all. I feel what we did wasn't regarded. Uh, this texter says I'm a healthcare assistant in the community and every single day throughout the height of the pandemic I went into people's homes to care for them. In full PPE exposing myself for up to 12 hours a day a lot of the patients had and sadly have passed away from Covid but I continued despite my own underlying conditions and I never missed a day. I'm yet to hear anything from the department. I feel totally demoralised because as one of your contributors said so many admin staff with minimal exposure have already been recognised and received their award. I just feel so undervalued, underappreciated and frankly quite angry, according to Stephen. Keep those texts coming into us. Gemma and Niall, thanks a million for joining us here, for sharing your thoughts. Um, Lunchtime Live at Newstalk.com. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on Newstalk.